Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about learning how to trust again. I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Debbie Silber. Dr. Debbie is a holistic psychologist, personal development expert, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. She's been on Fox, CBS, and The Dr. Oz Show. You can learn more about Dr. Debbie and what she offers at her website, thepbtinstitute.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Debbie. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Uh, thank you. Looking forward to our conversation. I am too. I love to learn new things. And I have been privileged to talk to lots of different experts on topics of things like trauma and post-trauma and how we heal from these kinds of things. But this is a new twist. I've never talked about betrayal and how that affects us. And you did this awesome PhD study on the effects of betrayal. So I'm just ready to learn. Can you tell me a little bit about about your study? Can we start there? What did you learn? Sure. Of course. Well, you know, I don't think anybody studies betrayal. Say, well, that's a good topic. No, you study because you have to. So it's it's actually my 30th year in business and as life would change, so in business. So I started in health and then mindset and then personal development. And then I had a really painful betrayal from my family, thought I did everything I needed to do to heal. And then it happened a few years later. This time it was my husband. Anybody who's been through it, you're shocked, you're blindsided, you're devastated. You know, life as you've known it is no longer. So I looked at the two experiences thinking, well, what's similar to these two? You know, of course, me, what else? And I realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed. I never took my needs seriously. And I'm a big believer in, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So here I was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I said, that's it. I'm going back for a PhD. And it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. Because I was changing so much, I didn't quite understand it. He was on his own, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. Mm, Can we talk about those then? Let's learn from your study. Yeah, sure. So the the first discovery was originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And for those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth is if you can imagine an upside of trauma, how that that trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever it is, leaves you with a new awareness, insight, perspective you didn't have. But I had been through death of a loved one and I'd been through disease. And I was like, no, betrayal feels very different. But I didn't want to assume it was the same for everyone. So I said, if you've been through traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self is shattered and has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, those aren't all demolished, let's say, when you lose someone you love, right? But with betrayal, That's what happens, a complete shattering of the self. So it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. It's like, yes, you need to to rebuild your life, but you also need to rebuild yourself. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation, uh, which is the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. That was the first discovery. Wow. Okay. So I'm looking forward. Do we want to go to the others or do we want to keep going on this one until we're- uh, No, doing... I'm happy to get to the next one. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Sure. So the second discovery was that there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's now known as post-betrayal syndrome. And we've had, 
I don't know, about 60,000 people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling and a few things about that. The first thing is we've all been taught time heals all wounds. Well, I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. There's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 40 years ago. I can feel the hate. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. So we know that when it comes to betrayal, it requires a very specific and very different type of protocol that you cannot count on time to do the work for you. That's the first thing. The second thing is every few months, I pull the stats from the quiz just to see where people land. Would that be helpful if I shared them? Oh, yes, please. Okay. It'd be really awkward and weird if you said no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now imagine we have men, women, just about every country is represented every age. So out of 60,000 plus people, 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. 90% deal with painful triggers. Uh, The most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% have extreme fatigue, 47% have weight changes. Maybe in the beginning, you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort. 45% have digestive issues, and that could be anything from Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. The most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed, 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief, 68% are unable to focus, 64% are in shock, 62% can't concentrate. So now imagine you can't concentrate, you're exhausted, you have a gut issue, you still have to raise your kids, you still have to work. That's not even the emotional issues. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness, 83% are very angry, very common to bounce back and forth between those two emotions. 82% feel hurt, 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed, just a few more. Here's why I wrote the book Trust again, ready? 84% have an inability to trust. Man, it's just tragic. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward, 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Wow. Oh my gosh. So, so many things are going through my mind as you're giving off these statistics. And and one, it starts at the very beginning, and that's that you have 60,000 participants. And this is, I know, just the very teeny tiny tip of the iceberg. This is a problem that affects so many people, and it's not our fault. It comes from the outside. It comes from another person. And there's really not necessarily anything that we can do to prevent it. So I'm so grateful that you have taken the uh, initiative to create a study and then to go beyond saying, this is what it does into the realm of, and this is how we heal. And so Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to getting into that part, but I want to make sure that we've covered all of the things that you you said there were three things. We talked about the statistics. Yeah. I want to, I want to go through the third discovery, which for me was the most exciting, but just to wrap this up as if those statistics aren't staggering enough. You didn't hear me read anything that said 20%, 30%. These numbers are high. high. What's even crazier, ready? I want everybody to just sit down for this one, buckle up. Everything I shared wasn't necessarily from a recent betrayal. This is from something that could have happened decades ago. And so now imagine here we are with a gut issue, hypervigilant, anxious, uh, sleep issues from something that happened, let's say 30 years ago, 
right? That person may not know, care, or even remember. And here we are creating and living an entire life based on that experience. That's not fair to us. The good news is we can heal from all of it, which brings me to the third discovery. This for me, like I said, this was by far the most exciting. And what we learned was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do. If we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that completely healed state where you rebuild yourself and your life of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to move through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages, and we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Healing is entirely predictable. Really? So we're and not I'm happy talking to about... share the five stages if oh, you'd like yes, to. Oh, yes, please. So when we talk about the five stages of grief, they're kind of working their way through into healing. Is this a similar kind of thing? Or is this time's not going to fix it, but if we take this steps, then this is going to happen? Almost like rungs mm-hmm. on a ladder. Is that kind of what we're doing? It, you will. The stages do not skip order. You don't leave out a stage. Grief is a really important piece of it, but you will move through these five stages. Hundred percent. Yes. And okay. So the, the, and it's all mapped out in trust. Again, it's what our coaches are all certified in. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute. Here's a sort of, you know, boiled down version right here. Stage one is like a setup stage. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with everybody, me too, was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing, and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual feeling in me. So imagine a table with only two legs, easy for that table to topple over. Well, that's us. Stage two, by far the scariest of all of the stages, shock, trauma, D-Day, Discovery Day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Right here, you've ignited your stress response. You're now headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around the information you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. These are the rules that prevent chaos, that govern us. Don't go there. Trust this person. This is how life works. And in one earth-shattering moment or a series of moments, every rule you've held to be real and true is no longer. The bottom is bottomed down on you and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. By far, hands down, stage three is the one that most people get stuck in for life. And here's why. Once you've figured out how to survive your experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, you think it's good. You're like, okay, all right, we got this. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know there's stage four or stage five. Transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we start planting roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. So we plant roots here and four things happen. 
The first thing is you start getting all these small self benefits. You get your story. You get to be right. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You know, you get sympathy from everyone you tell your story to. You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? Get it. It's easier not to trust anybody. So you plant deeper roots, right? You're not supposed to stay here, but you don't know that. Now, because you're here longer than you should be, now the mind starts kicking in and, and doing things like, well, maybe you're not all that great. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots. Now, you don't know that you're supposed to be anywhere else, right? Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, this is the energy you're putting out. Well, like energy attracts like energy. So now you're calling situations and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is exactly where you belong. Gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but we don't know there's anywhere else to go. Right here, we resign ourselves. We're like, this stinks, but I need to find a way to just get through the day. So right here is where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior, anything to numb, avoid, and distract ourselves from this painful place. But think about it. We do that for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit. A year, 10 years, 20 years. Linda, I can see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing, that drinking you're doing, that numbing in front of the TV, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. They say it happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And and so while, while trust again, um, it maps out the five stages, what I found was everyone was getting stuck in stage three. So from hardened to healed, my most recent book is just for stage three. You know, it's like you've been through the worst of it already. You owe it to yourself to move through the stages. And it just, it made me crazy to think that everybody was landing and staying in stage three. So, you know, that's that's just a, sort of a holding space, but by no means do you stay there. Do you want me to finish stages four and five? Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say, I can't leave everybody in stage three. No, okay. so, don't leave right. us here. <laughs> yeah. So if you're willing to uh, let go of your story, grieve, mourn the loss, bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo my experience, but I control what I do with it. Right there in that decision, you start turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage you've been creating in stages two and stage three. What's also interesting is if you, I I always use this example of if you were to move, like let's say you were to move to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever. All your stuff isn't there. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. That feeling is like the feeling of stage four. You don't really know where you're headed, but it's going to be okay. But think about it. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent who you want to be in this new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, right here, you've outgrown them and you don't take them with you. And people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. You're very particular with who you spend your time with right here. Anyway, when you're making stage four mentally cozy and home, you move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, 
eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. You were surviving. Now you do. Your mind is healing. You're making new rules. You're making new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on everything you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was just all about the physical and the, and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow. Oh, I'm cheering. That was amazing. What an incredible tool. It's so helpful to be able to understand. I'm sure that 60,000 people who've responded, plus all the other people who weren't part of that study are saying, oh my gosh, she gets me. And is this why? And as you start to realize, oh, that's why I do what I do is so helpful. One, you're not alone. And two, there is hope for healing. There is a way to get through this and to change. I loved when you were talking about stage three, where people get stuck, that part of it is is that there's a benefit to staying in stage three. And that's so important to recognize because people, you know, you say, well, do you want to change? Do you want to heal? They're like, well, yeah, I do. But then I don't want to, to change more than I want to stay the same until we are convinced in our mind that there's something better, that we're ready to take that step. Beautiful. That was beautiful and amazing. And I love you bringing up your two books. It sounds like the one kind of walks you through, this is what it's like. And then the other one is more of a how-to. Is that right? They're both how-tos. But one is uh, Trust Again has all of the discoveries. It has, it walks you through the five stages. It has my study participants um, in, in it. And I tell their stories, share their stories as well. And, um, and my personal story, and uh, it's very experiential, but because I found so many people stuck in stage three from hardened to healed is just for stage three. So that's for the person who's just been there, you know, the trust again, maps it all out for you. But if you find, Oh my gosh, you know what? Yeah, I am stuck in stage three and I've been here for 20, 30 years. Then from hardened to healed is is the book for you. Uh, and and here's the thing too, it's it's one of those things where it's you're right. It seems so obvious. Well, of course I want to heal, you know, but that's not necessarily the case. And I'll tell you, we have so many people coming into the PBT Institute with therapy trauma, and I'm saying that because first of all, if your therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal. It does more harm than good, number one. And number two, yes, you want to share your story and you want to express it. But what I've also found is when you're just expressing your story and going over it more and more and more and more and more, coming out of it no better than the last hundred times you've been through it, what it's actually doing is solidifying your stuckness. <laughs> you know, It's like if there's ever been a, a glue to keep you stuck, it's getting the, that benefit of just the sympathy and the, you know, ruminating and ruminating. There's a difference between ruminating and what I call marinating. You want to go over your story for the purpose of what can we do with it, but not just to go over it for the sake of going over it because it becomes your story and it becomes so a part of you. Here's the challenge that then you can't even imagine life without that story. That's when it's a problem. Right. And that is very interesting and becomes your definition of self. This is who I am. I am a victim of this betrayal. And if I am not a victim of this betrayal, then who am I? Exactly. And, and, and yeah, you're right. It's a very big, and I'm a psychologist, but I'm a coach first. And I, I hear it all the time. And there are people who they say 
they, you know, they want to, they want to come into our community. And, and I am very honest with them. It's not a, a place where, yes, there is, we have the most, the most supportive community to lift and inspire. But if you're looking for to just vent and, and stay stuck, we are, we are not your people. It, you know, it, it used to be, they say, if you've been betrayed now, it's uh, if you're ready to heal from your betrayal. Wow. Very different. And what an incredible distinction that is. Although it might seem slight to some people, it makes all the difference in the world. I have friends who have participated in, in group therapy sessions where the, the intent, the purpose of this session is to express your anger, your frustration, your justification for how horribly you have been treated. And while all of those things are true, there was betrayal, there was hurt, there was all of these things. By the time the session is over, rather than having any sort of healing that took place, instead, it just builds the anger, it builds the frustration, it builds everything. There is zero healing that took place. And yet, if you turn that and say, okay, what is your your purpose of this? Are we trying to heal? Are we trying to move forward? Are we trying to, I think that's huge. I think if we don't have a goal and a destination in mind, we just kind of, we, we, we end up all sorts of different places. Yeah. And we need to be validated. We need to be acknowledged. Absolutely. But I'll tell you, it is, it is crystal clear. If someone comes into the PBT Institute, they're coming in at a stage two, stage three, and the intention between all of our coaches, me, the, all of our programs, the community is to move you to stage five and beyond, and then you're done. And then you graduate and you're, and you're good. That's the whole idea. It's not just to have your story. You know, there's, there's this point along the stages where we take what had become your life story and we turn it into this pivotal chapter of your next story. And it's, it's really important to do that because if anything is going to keep us stuck, it's getting so much validation from the story that we perceive that as the benefit that could ever be better than healing. Like, for example, I had a very powerful story. The most important people in my life all betrayed me. And if I told anybody, yes, I'd get a lot of sympathy, right? But instead, look look at this story. You know, first of all, and I just closed the loop on this, rebuilding is always a choice whether you rebuild yourself and move on. And that's what I did with my family. It was not an option to rebuild with them. And if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I do with my husband. Not long ago as two totally transformed people, we married each other again. New rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. So, you know, the story now of two completely different people marrying each other a second time having the PBT Institute, all of our coaches, all of our members, it's such a better story than my story of betrayal. Mm. And that's so important to recognize that there is a better story beyond. Because like you said, when we're in a spot of this is, uh, I don't think we necessarily recognize that it's a benefit, but but subconsciously we do, and we don't want to stop that benefit. And so to recognize, okay, first of all, let's help us be aware that this is what's happening, and then say, there's something better over here. And that can help us make that little transition, which is huge, that we want to change more than we want to stay the same. Now, your particular story is incredible. I mean, you had to not only learn how to trust again, you had to learn to trust one specific person who specifically hurt you again. And that's a really big deal. So... 
Amazing. That was, I'll tell you, uh, I've lost loved ones. I've, I was in the ICU for 11 days. Nothing for me was as hard as that. Hardest thing I've ever done. And a very different experience, healing and moving on and healing and rebuilding. So, um, so I know betrayal well. The only side I don't know is being the betrayer. Um, I know all the other aspects of it. And, uh, and it is a lot to move through and heal from because this was the person who gave you that sense of safety and security. You know, so when this is the person who shatters it, it, it's traumatizing. Um, so when you have that from your family and then you have that from your, you know, from your, from your husband, from your partner, but here's the thing, what I will share, um, repeat betrayals are a clear sign of an unhealed betrayal. And we see it, we see it in health work relationships. For example, in relationships, I'll see it in one of two ways, you know, where the person goes from partner to partner, to partner, friend to friend, to friend, boss to boss to boss. And the faces change, but it's the same experience. And they say, is it me? Yes, it is. Not in that it's your fault, in that it's your opportunity. There is a profound lesson waiting to be learned. And until and unless you do, you will have opportunities in the form of people to teach you. So for in my instance, right here, it was my family. Then a couple of years later, it was my husband. And when I said, that's it, got him out of the house, that was the deal breaker. Got him out of the house. I'm like, okay, I'm going back for this PhD. Now for me, I had never done anything for myself. It was always about everyone else and the kids and work and never. So for me to take such a bold stance, I mean, I'm talking, I didn't know I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Um, but because it was so dramatic for me, it changed the entire course of my life. That's, that's what people are so afraid of, I see. They're so afraid of that death and destruction of the old. That's the only way you birth the new, whether it's that new you or that new collective you. Wow. So many things to think about. That is epic. So um, would you mind giving us just a couple of tips on how to trust again? Are there some things that I can do to be able to help me to take that first step of, yeah. of not just assuming everybody is going to screw me over? Yeah, absolutely. And, and trust is so foundational. So it, it, it's a lot to rebuild. People ask me all the time, can trust be repaired? I say no. Can it be rebuilt? Yeah, but it's going to take a lot. Uh, I look at trust like a brick wall. Every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy represents one brick in that brick wall. The only way I know of a brick wall being built is brick by brick by brick. It takes a long time. So now imagine the very person who built the brick wall shatters the whole thing. Now, you can look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest in watching that thing get rebuilt. Totally fine. You walk away. However, if you're willing, and willingness would be the role of the betrayed, of the person whose trust has been shattered. If you're willing to watch that brick wall be rebuilt, the other person has to be a really good bricklayer. And it goes up the same way it went up the first time, brick by brick by brick. Every opportunity, they have to show that they're trustworthy one brick in that brick wall. But here's what I see. I see that person building that brick wall. That's the one who shatters it. The person who's been betrayed and trust has been shattered, right? They're looking and kind of waiting. They see that the person who shattered the brick wall doesn't really have much of an interest in building it. And they're like, fine, I'll build it. No, mm -mm. it doesn't work. You see, that's why they never feel safe with that person. That's why they don't feel comfortable because that person isn't doing anything to repair what they've done. Does that make sense? 
Wow. Okay. So help me understand in a situation, how do I build it again? I mean, so if I'm, if I'm watching somebody who's betrayed me and they're not fixing it, they're not rebuilding the trust, but I, mm-hmm. I do want the wall. Somehow I'm yep. wanting the wall. So I am building it. So what am I doing to build it? Yes. So, so what you are learning in that example is that person isn't willing. So you know what you're working with. Be really clear on you know, on, on who that is then. And I actually have it mapped out also in trust. Again, it's a four part trust rebuilding process. And I'll share it with you here because trust is so foundational. It needs to be rebuilt from the foundation up. And because trust is uh think about it, the person you trusted the most proved untrustworthy. So you don't trust them. And then you don't trust yourself. You're like, well, I'm a bright person. How did I not see? How did I not know? So if you can't trust the person you trusted the most, you don't trust yourself. Well, then how in the world, can you trust anything and anyone? So it is that it has that big of a ripple effect. So that's why you have to rebuild from the very foundation. People don't bother with the first three steps. You'll see it as I explain. The first step is building the very foundation again. And to do that, you pick the most obvious thing in the world to you that is a sure thing. I'm talking like, will the sun rise? I can't even trust that. Okay, well, you go out every morning. Is it there? Not sure enough it is. You, then you go through your day. Can I trust it? Not sure. Check again until you can trust in the sun rising or whatever it is for you. That is so obvious. You keep checking until you do, because that's going to be the new foundation upon which you stand. Once you have that, you go to the next level. The next level is learning to trust your gut and your wise inner guide. You know, we override it. We get that gut feeling and we talk ourselves out of it. So we have to learn to trust in that feeling. Well, how do you do that? You get a, a, a choose something that represents truth and trust for you. Your dog wagging his or her tail, two babies giggling, whatever it is, right? What does that feel like okay. in your body? What's the texture? What's the color? What's the expression? It's very different for everybody. So what does that feel like for you? Lock it in. Trust it. Now bring up that picture of D-Day, Discovery Day, of when someone was lying to you. What did it feel like? Was there a color? Was there a texture? Did you feel closed, tight, constricted? Get a felt sense for what that felt like. Once you have that, lock it in, right? And now as you go about your day, you're checking in. Which does this experience when I'm talking to this person feel closer to? The two babies giggling, the person lying. Which does it feel closer to? And what you're doing is you're strengthening your intuition, learning to trust in your gut again. And you sort of feel like you have this invisible protection, like these invisible bodyguards. Once you trust that and you're looking for congruency, by congruency, I mean the words, the mannerisms, the actions all match up, right? You ever see somebody where like they're smiling, but their eyes aren't smiling? It's like weird, you know, trust it, trust it. Or, you know, something's off, trust it. And you need to strengthen that. Once that's strengthened, you move to level three. Level three is learning to trust in you because you, you know, self-trust is shattered as well. So to do that, you choose little tasks, then you do them. I'm going to drink that glass of water. And then you do, I'm going to make that phone call. And then you do, I'm going to go to the gym. And then you do, I will not call my ex. And then you don't. And what you're learning is what you're teaching yourself is my word is law. If I say something, I mean it, I'm trustworthy. You could feel this sense of empowerment and strength, right? Now imagine you rebuilt a foundation upon which to stand. You trust your gut, you trust yourself from this place. You slowly, cautiously, and carefully learn to trust in others again. 
Do you see how that feels a little different? I love it. I think this is not only for people who have been betrayed. This seems like something that would be of value to everyone. And I love that that third step of trusting yourself, of having integrity. If I say something, I am going to do it because that is the biggest thing of any type of change, of any type of healing, of any type of growth is to be able to make your own word be your law that you follow. Wow. I love it. This is amazing. Dr. Debbie, I love it. Thank you for what you have done, what you have studied and created. I can just see this is beneficial to so many people. Uh, Thank you. Wow. Do you have anything else you want to make sure that we cover before we close today? Uh, You know, I would just say, do not stay stuck. You can heal from all of it. I'm living proof. So are our coaches. So are our members within the PBT Institute. The research has been done. Staying stuck is a choice. Um, I know how painful it is, but I know how great it feels to move through the stages and, uh, and become this version of yourself that never would have had the opportunity to show up had the experience not happened. Wow. Staying stuck is a choice. Words of wisdom. Well, thank you for visiting with me today. Uh, Thank you. And if anybody wants to see what stage they're at, they could just take the Healed or Hardened quiz or the Post-Betrayal Syndrome quiz at thepbtinstitute.com. Excellent. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Horatio Jones. He said, instead of saying, I'm damaged, I'm broken, I have trust issues, say, I'm healing. I'm rediscovering myself. I'm starting over. Today, I invite you to take steps to heal and learn how to trust again. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self-esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed, A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller, You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.